0: Welcome to this week's episode of Dylan's Vlog and Podcast, whether you're listening on your favorite podcast um, provider or you're watching this on YouTube. Thanks for joining me this week. I've got quite a show lined up for you, a show that I do weekly to try and connect with other entrepreneurs, building a little bit of a community as it turns out, uh, as well as just sharing my own thoughts so that I can figure out kind of what I'm thinking about, how do I... Um, when I talk out loud about the things that I'm pondering, oftentimes I walk away from every episode um, just with a little bit more clarity and um, and I do this in hopes that whoever's listening to this is able to get some value out of it as an entrepreneur um, i I generally talk to and interact with individuals that are running active businesses um, so I'm not um, a pure investor, I'm not an employee per se. Um, I'm a guy that is responsible for a whole bunch of people, uh, some businesses, some revenue, some bottom line, some creditors, some suppliers, some vendors. And uh, as I share my updates every week, um, I'm seeing that they are resonating with other folks that are in the same position. So thanks for joining. Uh, Right off the top, I just wanted to share that uh, effective today, I have launched a cash flow quadrant for business owners. And it's another page from my playbook which I generally rip out and release to the public. Uh, Basically, my playbook of what I've been doing for the last couple of decades to turn businesses around and um, some of the tools that I've built uh, in order to help make that easier. And so the cash flow Quadrant for Business Owners is a really quick way to understand where your business is at and what you need to be doing to get it to the next kind of block on the quadrant. And what I have found it has done for me, two things, one, It's helped me really a productive conversation with uh, the client on the other side of the table so for uh, a bunch of years i worked for entrepreneurs turning their businesses around and because of my knowledge and because of my experience i found it very difficult to have a productive conversation because entrepreneurs generally breathe their own ether and as one i am guilty of that as the next entrepreneur might be um so it allowed me to have a productive conversation but it also created some very simple context so every time we had a conversation We were able to uh, take this quadrant and understand we're trying to move from here to here and here's what we need to do. There's really no debating. Uh, There's nothing that we really need to have an opinion about because the evidence is pretty straightforward. So if you're a business owner, you're looking for some context, you're looking for an easy way to communicate with either your management team or your investors or the folks that are helping you, like maybe a business coach or an accountant or something like that, I would encourage you to check out the cash flow quadrant for business owners and the link is in the show notes. So I'd be curious to hear whether um, whether you get some value out of it or what it helps you realize about your business, and again, something I've been using for years, it's worked really well. I've now put it out there to try and help out uh, the community of folks that are hanging around, listening to me uh, yak away. So that was the first thing I want to talk about. Um, but in terms of my updates and what what's going on, I think that since I think since the last episode, what has happened? I think there's lots that's happened. Um, in the marketplace, that's got me thinking about inflation. It's got me thinking about a general market slowdown. Um, not so much for uh, not so much for the businesses I'm involved with. Um, but certainly it has me looking at uh, the first thing I put on my little my little show notes here was um, that I'm um, examining my personal burn rate at my home. And so've got five kids. We've got lots of commitments. Our life is uh, very full, very expensive and uh, in light of what's going on in the economy i'm trying to make sure that the resources i do have i'm using them very well and i'm stewarding them well and making sure that i'm not a burden to the businesses that i'm responsible for Um, oftentimes what i've seen is that the need that the entrepreneur has for their own personal burn rate ends up taking away resources from a business that it needs in order to grow and i would say that over the past two years Our teams have worked so hard to rebuild um, our brand, our reputation, our foundation, our stability, and now to go and try and um, and to do anything less than continuing to reinvest cash into the businesses I think would be a foolish decision. So it has me reevaluating my personal burn rate and has had me looking to generate revenue from Other places, so that the business, um, the the resources that each of our businesses have are able to use those resources, and that at the end of the year, as you know, my goal is to cut one dividend that ends up covering um, my contribution to the business for an entire year. And that allows the cash flow of the business to be managed in an easier way. So one of the things one of my updates is just really examining my personal budget, my personal burn rate and how I can manage the resources that I have so that I am not taxing the businesses and taking anything away from them that they need to maximize on all the work that we've put into them over the last couple of years. And and, uh, in both of our businesses, we're hitting our busy season. It's that time of year where um, you know we're wrestling with um, labor shortages, wrestling with supply chain challenges and so having cash available, but more importantly, having like a kind of an eight week look ahead as you know, I have a, a perfect pro forma cash flow that I use that helps me see my cash flow eight weeks out every Monday. My uh, accountant gives it to me, and it's a summary of all of the factors of my business and it helps me see what I'm expecting for the next eight weeks and it really does help me guide um, Uh, my efforts and what I focus my time on in any given week. And so um, because both of our businesses are hitting their busy season, I'm watching cash flow very, very closely, not looking to put any leverage into any business, trying to operate on a free cash flow basis best we can, because I think that 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 gives us better pricing opportunities, also makes us more profitable, quite frankly, and um, reduces my personal risk that I might have in each of these businesses. Now, the trade-off is that I also have to be Uh, Much more prudent and kind of on top of my math and I don't have a problem doing that, but I'm um, between managing my personal burn rate, looking at at our pro forma cash flows and making sure that we've got enough runway for our busy season. I think that's probably what's consumed most of my time uh, in the past. in the past week or since the last episode, so it's cash, 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 and cash. That's what I'm thinking about and that's what I'm I'm working on. Um, Our on-demand labour platform uh, had a ton of traction in the past week, so we are just finishing up our pitch deck and I will be using that to um, tell our story to to, uh, folks that I think can help us. We've been talking with some not-for-profits that are interested in providing us with some funding I'm also going to be making the rounds with a handful of investors to see if maybe we can't raise a small seed round to help us um, really put some legs on what we've been able to do um, kind of on a shoestring. So that's been, that's been great. And again, we built this on-demand business because we needed it for our construction business. And it just turns out that it looks like there's an entire business model that that we can, instead of it just being a cost center in our business, we can turn it into revenue turn it into profit. And we did that by creating an on-demand labor service that allows us to take temporary workers and share them amongst other companies because the nature of the work that we do doesn't require 40 hour a week people every week of the year. So while we have gaps in our jobs, the workers are able to find other job opportunities, one to five day opportunities with other companies. And so that's been working really well. Um, The technology, I think I can finally say with my hand on my heart, we have a stable version 1.0. Thanks to my son in particular, who's done a lot of the coding. um, And then the users that have been using it to of course, find every single problem with it. It's been incredibly frustrating to work through that process, but uh, we're running our second week now without any kind of bugs or problems or errors or things that um, have broken down, and that's amazing because now that allows me to feel confident that as I circulate our pitch deck, that we have something that is, in fact, working—not uh, just the idea of it, but it's actually working—and that's great. And then kind of the last thing I wanted to chat about, which I'm experiencing right now, because uh, the businesses that I'm involved in are are small by nature, is this whole law of small numbers and maximizing uh, what we have. We have, um, in in the transportation business, we have a huge customer database and we just don't have the bandwidth to pay someone to sit on the phone every single day and talk to our extensive database of customers. And so what I've uh, what I found myself getting involved in in the past week is jumping in and using our sales scoring worksheets, which again, I built just to kind of get an understanding of, of all the sales activity that's happening, all the marketing clicks that are going on with our, our email marketing. Like who, of if we only could make 10 phone calls today, who do we make them to? So we've got a way to score our, our database And um, it's unfortunate that we can't get to everyone, but really trying to answer that question. If we only had a limited amount of time, how do we make the most of it? And I think that's kind of the theme that I'm gonna be experiencing for probably the rest of the year, is um, we have labor challenges. We also have bandwidth. The reality of our bandwidth is we don't have unlimited cash just to pay people to do tasks and so we have I have to be very selective in the tasks that we decide to do and where we decide to spend our little bag of money and um, as an entrepreneur I think that's probably something very common I think you're probably experiencing that too if you run a business that there's so many things you'd like to do but you're just simply bound by the restrictions of what your cash flow will allow and quite frankly what your um, availability to other resources looks like. Like not every entrepreneur has really robust software. I've shared with you that we've taken the time to use APIs to kind of move data around all of our systems and that's been incredibly helpful in helping us um, not waste time on low level data entry and management tasks um, but not every entrepreneur has, the access, has access to that. So I just wanted to share as an entrepreneur, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying no to certain things but I do think there's an opportunity every day to keep your eyes uh, focused on what what technology or tools are out there that we can leverage to do more with the small pool of resources that we're trying to utilize to um, hold our revenue, grow our revenue, hold our profit, grow our profit. What does that look like? And this past week, I felt it uh, sort of right up front because there's just so many sales opportunities I'd like to take advantage of. But even if we could digest all the sales opportunities from a sales and marketing perspective, from an operational perspective, we're not able to digest them. So I find that I'm just constantly trading off opportunities with reality and uh, that's a juggling act that, that, um, don't love but I think it's part of the job and as a leader it's my job to make sure that we're making the right trade-offs and whatever resources we do have access to that we're using them well and stewarding them well so I don't know if you're experiencing that as an entrepreneur I don't know what kind of some of your hacks are I'm using software to try and work around some of the administrative stuff Um, I'm a i'm a pretty good guy with excel so i'm taking a lot of data and like in the example of sales and marketing i'm scoring our leads and our opportunities to try and um, make sure that we can identify who we need to talk to we can do it quickly and then if we only have a limited amount of time who is it that we end up who is it that we should be focused on talking to so i'd be curious to hear what you're doing how are you managing to maximize what you have while realizing that the law of small numbers would suggest that if you lose one employee, that could be 10 percent of your workforce, or or if you, um, you know, if you don't, you know, if you lose 100 productive hours in a month because uh, you have uh, uh, people on your team doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing or isn't adding a whole lot of value. What are you doing instead with those 100 hours, or how are you offloading those 100 hours to a solution that um, uh, is helping your business survive? And so, anyway. Being a small business owner, I was just reminded of the law of small numbers and having to be very attentive to maximizing what I have available to me to make sure that our businesses can do what they need to do. Uh, what else have I got here? Moving into sort of some of the things going on in the market that, that I'm paying attention to and thinking about. I can't help but be surprised by the, I'm on Twitter quite a bit and listening and watching to all of the layoffs that are happening Um, and that certainly seems very frightening and very scary certainly if you're an individual that is being laid off from a netflix or um, an amazon or uh, walmart or or any large organization that's out there but what's interesting to me that i haven't noticed before and i've been through a couple of cycles is that there appears to be quite a few job openings in the marketplace. I think through COVID, through the work from home um, movement, that there are people that um, maybe aren't taking as many hours as they used to or aren't as interested in um, being employed on a full time basis. So It feels like the the layoffs are really, really big, but it also feels like there's a lot of opportunities in the job market. Now, where I live, we're a little bit insulated because our economy is still heavily driven by oil and gas, and oil and gas is very strong. And in fact, it is the catalyst for lots of folks um, being able to have meaningful employment. But as I look into the U.S. and I watch the headlines, there seems to be like these two conflicting thoughts. There are these two conflicting ideas, which is layoffs are causing a lot of... uh, um, challenges for people but on the other side there's never been more job openings than than ever in history and so presumably the people that are being laid off can take the jobs and uh, last week I talked about all the engineers and kind of the computer science people programmers developers that are being laid off and maybe maybe they don't want to take work that doesn't line up with their skill set I do remember back in I think it was back in the early 2000s, I remember we had a. Uh, I was working with a real estate uh, um, funding uh, business, mezzanine funder, and uh, the lady that ran our front desk turned out to be a an engineer with a PhD. Uh, she was working our front desk for about eight dollars, nine dollars an hour, maybe something like that. I might have gotten the math wrong, but she had been laid off from one of the massive account uh, engineering firms in our city and just needed to make two ends come together. And so she pulled up a desk uh, or she pulled up a chair at the administrative assistant desk and just did what she needed to do. And I don't know if people are doing that today, but I'm certainly hearing a lot about uh, the layoffs. And then that sort of flows into the next thing and I'm hearing a lot about and, and thinking about for our business, which is that the US and Canada are gonna to continue to raise rates to force inflation down. And I don't really know what to think of that. I think. In history, inflation would normally be a pretty big problem if people um, if there weren 't jobs in the marketplace, so if all of a sudden prices are going up and everything 's more expensive, but you have a lot of people who aren 't working then that that is sort of seems to be the recipe for um, a very very terrible um, recession But this time around, even if interest rates do go up because of the the amount of work that 's available in the marketplace, to me, it sort of feels like yeah interest rates will go up and things things will get more expensive, but by the same token, there's still lots of opportunity in the marketplace that seems to be untapped, both in terms of employment roles and um, opportunities just to uh, pick up the slack that's been left behind by COVID. And so what this makes me think about in our business is because we do have labor challenges in both of our businesses, that um, maybe inflation will help kind of even that out a little bit. Maybe we're gonna start seeing a higher quality of person looking for work. Uh, I know on our on-demand platform, uh, we get a constant stream of people creating accounts and building their profiles. And then we have a process where um they're off they you know they have an off ramp if they end up finding employment so there's a high turnover but i don't think that you know that same uh dynamic isn't available in my in my actual businesses where we're putting people on payroll and we're not hiring them on a temporary casual basis and it's still pretty hard to find the sort of upskilled talented worker um and i and i think that that will continue to be the case but who knows maybe inflation will will change that maybe people are going to be making different decisions um, part of me thinks that because because the summer is coming, that this is going to be something I won't notice uh, has changed until maybe after the summer, when people are done enjoying the good weather and and taking their 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 time to go to the lake or to do whatever things people do during the summertime. So, um, you know, you hear about layoffs, lots of job openings, interest rates going up to try and force inflation down, and I'm not sure that just not sure where all of that goes but I'm very much making sure that we have our ducks in a row that our businesses that we again are managing our cash on kind of a two-month rolling cycle and that we've got a pretty systematic way of staying in front of our customers and making sure that if there's opportunities that we're one of the first people uh, at the door um, to take advantage of that so I'd be curious to hear what you're doing what are you seeing if you're If you're of the same opinion of me as me that there are quite a few layoffs, um, that interest rates are going to have an effect on the economy, what is that going to do for you and your business and and what's the end result uh, of all of that? Um, I'm always just looking for feedback, again, I do this podcast and vlog because I am trying to meet more entrepreneurs all over North America and in different markets and in different businesses than I am because I think that that's how we collectively learn and get better or at least that's how I do. and then I guess that one of the one thought I had just before I jumped on the on this on this episode was just watching, you know, um the big kind of the big drop in the marketplace and realizing that or being reminded of the fact that money doesn't disappear. It just simply moves, right? For every buy, there's a sell, for every sell, there's a buy. So someone's always on the other side of every trade. And then it got me thinking, I I think I may have written a blog entry about this a week or so ago, but You know, for your business, which side is your business on? You know, is the market moving away from what your business does or is it moving towards what your business does? And how are you preparing yourself for that? I know in our businesses, the market certainly isn't moving away from what we're doing. Um, In fact, um, you know, if we had more workers, there would be more work that could be done, but we do simply don't have that right now. Um, And so I think we're, you know, we simply have to maximize our margin and our opportunity with the work that we do have. But what about you and your business? If the market's moving away from your particular product or service, is that for competitive reasons? Is that for pricing reasons? Um, I know a good friend of mine has a business that he tells me is very, very competitive. And I get thinking that if there's, you know, my simple answer to him is, well, if there's 10 people in the market that are doing what you're doing, not all 10 are going to be able to survive. Like someone's going to have to make some moves or make some business decisions to maintain their share of the market. And so is that going to be you? are you just going to wait to see what everyone else does and then react and so i was reminded jumping on here that even though the stock market is in the is in the toilet that there's always two sides of a trade and i think in business it's the same thing you know if your business uh, if the product or service that your business offered when times were good was something people wanted. Uh chances are they still want that product when times are bad, but you might just have to work a little bit harder to get their attention and to get them to come and spend their time and or money with you. So that's what I um that's what I that's what I was thinking about as I jumped on today's call. But I'd be curious to hear from you. Is the market moving towards you or away from you? Which side of the quote unquote trade is your business on as the economy uh changes? Cause that would be um that would be something I'd be interested to hear because I know in our business is what that looks like, but I don't know necessarily what it looks like for your business. And then as always, I like to finish off with um, a couple of tweets that uh, um, reflect maybe kind of my sentiment and what I've been thinking about. And so let's see if I can't uh, see if I can't pull one up here and just give a quick little rundown of of what I, what I was seeing. Um, Yeah, just a reminder, cash flow quadrant for business owners. Let me know if you find that helpful. I think it is. Um, Yeah, maybe. Here you go. Here's a personal share. So there was a tweet that, or there was a comment that Elon Musk had made um, quite some time ago. And he had said, and I'll just quote it here. One of the biggest mistakes people generally make, and I'm guilty of it too, is wishful thinking. You know, like you want something to be true, even if it isn't true. You ignore the real truth because of what you want to be true this is a very difficult trap to avoid and i had just replied that i took this one to the bank and reflect on it often as i am way too prone to wishful thinking i have an appreciation for those that can balance this and it was uh i do find i don't know maybe it's age maybe it's the economy Maybe it's circumstances, maybe it's frustration, whatever it might be. But I found that when I heard him say that, that there is real, really a, a balance to be kept between the things that as entrepreneurs we want to do, that we have great intentions of doing, but we never are able to fully execute on it. and. Um, I know for me that uh, I may have mentioned and I think I mentioned in my last episode or maybe it was the episode before that I've parked a couple of ideas, put some things on the shelf so that I can double down and focus on the things that are working that I know are good and making sure I don't spread myself too thin. For years I've been the guy that has said don't do 10 things at 10% because it doesn't equal 100, it equals 10 and of course I have found that I'm the one that's most guilty of doing 10 things at 10% so I'm trying to change that math uh, in my life right now and I'd be curious what it is for you as an entrepreneur do you suffer from wishful thinking as well do you have good intentions do your good intentions actually translate into real results or are they just um, are your intentions just something interesting to talk about with your friends and your family and over coffee with, with other entrepreneurs so um, I think that's all I pretty much have uh this week to to talk about. Um there's always like a thousand things going on, but those are sort of the in the past 20 minutes here these are the things that are sort of top of mind for me and what I'm experiencing. Again, I do this every week because it helps me kind of clarify and crystallize my thinking. Um I do it for other entrepreneurs to benefit from as well because they might uh, something I say might resonate with them and they might realize that hey, I guess I'm not as I'm not as alone as I thought I might be and and uh, hopefully that that entrepreneur reaches out and says hello and that we're able to do something together even if it's just a conversation. So uh, thanks for joining make sure to subscribe or get notified or rate the podcast or share it or do something with it because that's what Uh, gives it the opportunity to get in front of other people. And I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to hear what's important to me and what I'm thinking about. But I would ask that you'd reciprocate it by letting me know what's going on in your life as well. And I'm pretty easy to get a hold of LinkedIn, Twitter, probably the best places to do it. Um, But you can email me or text as well. That, That works just fine. So again, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on next week's episode.